We've been, uh, we've been talking and sharing in regards to vision and, and understanding. You know, the Bible says where there is no vision, people perish. And, and, and another translation there says where there's no vision, there, there is, there's restraint. There's, people are held back. And we don't want to be held back. We want to be released to accomplish all that God has. And I'm really excited about this year. But in regards to, to personal vision, you know, uh, probably in the last, still getting that ring, uh, probably in the last 10 years or so, um, every year God has given me something new for the beginning of the year. Well, this last year... Um, in 2012, God began to deal with me, actually, back in May and June, about, about this church being a church that is involved in the Great Commission. And so, as I begin to pr- prepare for what we're going, what I've been sharing bits and pieces of on Sunday, in the last three or four Sundays, but what we're going to go into on, in our vision night, as, as I got closer to the end of the year, um, a lot of what, what I normally do is, is, as I spend time with God, He gives me some new things for the year to challenge you in and to challenge myself. And I shared with you the word empowerment for this coming year, and, and, and I believe that that word is a really strong word. That word empowerment or blessing is what God wants you and I to be involved in and be connected to is His empowerment. Because without God, we can't do anything. But just the whole month of January, where normally I would have, personally, myself, I would have a lot of new scriptures that I've put together, things that I'm that going from one year to the next that I usually change my, my kind of my regimen for on a day-to-day basis of what I speak and how I pray and all that. Um, I usually would have that changed by the first of the year even before the first of the year and man it just like it wasn't changing it was just there wasn't there wasn't this new fresh thing that was there and so as I kind of put all my stuff that I do to the side and and I would go through it a little bit just because I as as I was trying to prepare new stuff it just wasn't fitting and uh, so about a week ago, about a week ago, and just over the last few days, God spoke something really clear to me. And, uh, and I, I, I've not had this before going from one year to the next. So I'm just going to tell, tell you what God said to me. He said, in 2013, just continue to do what you were doing last year. And just increase more and more. Just do more. Continue to meditate on the fact that you're a winner and that you're victorious and that you're on top and you're not underneath. And he gave me this verse of scripture in Romans 8 and verse 37. For you are more than conquerors. You're more than conquerors. Years ago, I was in a, I I don't know if I heard this on a, well, years ago it had been on a cassette I don't know if I heard this on a cassette or if I was actually in one of his meetings, but R.W. Schambach, who has gone on to 
be with God and is in heaven today. Great man of God, preached a lot of really great word and was an inspiration in my life as a young man. But I heard him preach a message one time about being more than a conqueror. And when God gave me this verse, I thought of this example. And he used the example of a, of a prize fighter going into a ring, fighting who the prize fighter was fighting to him, the enemy. So he goes into the ring and he fights this guy. And they're in it for a, whatever, a million dollar purse. And so he beats the guy, knocks him out, and he's all bloody and beat up and all this stuff. And they give him the million dollar check. And he, and he takes it. He was a conqueror. And then he took the million dollar check and he gave it to his wife. <laughs> and she was more than a conqueror. <laughs> because he got bloody to get it. She just... It's just because she was connected. Jesus got bloody, and it's yours just because you're connected. We're more than conquerors. I'm telling you, we're winners, and we're victorious. And the truth of the matter is that the longer you walk with God, the heavier things will get at times. Pressure and heaviness and things that come against you. It's not faithlessness because there's heaviness or there's difficulty, okay? It's what you do with it that becomes either a faith or a faithless act. And when, when, and all of us have done this, if you step into a faithless act and you give in to the pressure and the heaviness and the things that come against you, God is not displeased with you as a person, What he's displeased with is that if you keep that up, there's not going to be any manifestation of things from him. Because what pleases him, what pleases him is people that step out in faith and they believe God. But to step out in faith and believe God is very difficult because of the pressure that goes with it. And the pressure comes from what you see with your eyes and what you hear with your ears. That's where the pressure is. You're lying if you're telling me that there's no pressure in your life. I'm telling you, you are a liar. Everybody's got pressure. People have pressure from one one side or the other. Some people have financial pressure. Some people have physical pressure. Some people have mental pressure. Some people have issues with family or extended family, and there's pressure there. There is pressure out there if you're serving God and you're walking by faith because the devil is faithful. He's defeated but he's faithful. And he's faithful to try to convince you that what things look like are more real than what God has promised. Because I'm telling you today, God has promised, everything that God has promised is true, and it will work for you and I as we continue to stand strong. So my encouragement today to you is that you're more than a conqueror. And and you're more than a conqueror because you're connected, not because you fought the fight. He fought the fight. Now, the battle and the fight that we fight is the fight of faith. To choose to live by faith and, and, not, and choose not to live in unbelief and, and in fear and, and the thing, based on the things that we see and hear and feel in our lives. But we choose to stand on the word. We're more than conquerors. Can you say amen? And as a result of that, I'm telling you today that you are a winner. Amen. So, 2 Peter chapter 1, look at that with me for just a second. 
2 Peter 1. And verse 12. For this reason, Peter said, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent or this earthly body, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Well, I'm not leaving, but as the Apostle Peter here said, as long as I'm in this earthly body, I'm going to stir you up in remembrance of the things that you think you know. So some of you today, because of what we taught last year, think you know that you're victorious and that you're a winner, but God said we need to become winners and victorious that much more. We need to know that we're on top and we're not underneath. And, and that we do not get complacent in what we think we know. Because it will rob you. It will steal from you. We've got to know what we know and live in what we know and walk out what we know. Can you say amen? So, in, in saying that, the next part of my message today is just titled Discipline discipline and the word discipline actually comes from the word disciple which just in a short definition and several words that kind of support it for the sake of time today a disciple is one who expects and assists in spreading the doctrines of another A disciple is one who expects and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. So if if you're disciples of Michael Jordan, then you're going to share the doctrine of Michael Jordan. Right? Maybe I'm dating myself. Some people may not even know who Michael Jordan is. I don't think that's true, right? Probably more people know today who Michael Jordan is than they know who Jesus Christ is. Anyway, um, so to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is to, to, is to assist in spreading what he thinks. His doctrines are his way of doing, his way of, 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 of understanding what is right, because there's a lot of doctrine out there. There's a lot of truths about so many other things and and we live in a society where that's constantly evolving what's accepted in our society is constantly evolving and listen to me don't be afraid of what people accept don't be afraid of it we won't disciple effectively we won't be disciples of christ effectively if we're if we're overly concerned about the doctrines of other things that are going on and what people are accepting today. I mean, I I hear people talk about this all the time. 
man, I'm just shocked. I mean, 20 years ago even, 25 years ago, you know, people would not accept this in our society. Yeah, but they are today. And why talk about 25 years ago? What's that going to do? Hmm? Why are people accepting things that actually don't line up with the Word today? I'm convinced because, because, everybody look at me. I'm convinced of it because of this. That the church has been busy with a lot of other things other than the Great Commission. And the Great Commission was go make disciples of me. Not me, of him. His commission was go and get people to think like me. And this whole year at Gates of the City is being dedicated to understand how to do that. And that's what we'll talk about next Sunday night. You need to be here. So, don't be freaked out, you know, when you see advertisements for sitcoms and this thing and that thing and movies and all the things that are going on. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. Because if people aren't thinking like Jesus, then they're thinking like everything else. And it's just the way it is. So we've got to adjust in the way that we are accepting to people. And there's two things. I'll just give you kind of the heads up. There's two things that we're talking about in the form of discipleship this year, being disciples, being disciplined to live with God and understand God. There's two things that, that we've got to become as people that love people that are unbelievers, that, are, that don't know God. We've got to love people like that. But at the same time, we have to be like Christ. Not like Mike or anybody else. We've got to be like him. Right? And the more we're like him, then we can help people that are engrossed in being like Mike. And they can still like Mike, but they can like God at the same time. You understand? Then you don't, then you live your life not worshiping, you know, a $300 pair of tennis shoes, but you learn to worship God. But you can still have the $300 tennis shoes. Yes? I mean, you can have whatever you want. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I don't cherish tennis shoes that much. I'm not going to invest 300 bucks in a pair of tennis shoes. I don't, this don't mean that much. But there's other things I would. See, just to, it's, it's what you value. And all we're teaching people is not that they're wrong for what they have. They have it because no one ever taught them anything else. So at the same time, we're just, we, we, so we got to love people like that, but we got to love them like they are. But then we have to be Christ-like. Because see, if you're not, then what will happen is you'll compromise and you'll give in to it. And you, you know, if you notice Jesus' ministry in Jesus' life, man, he, he loved the sinners. And the scribes and the religious people of the day, they rebuked him because he ate with people that didn't believe what they believed. And, and he spent time with them. But you notice, he never compromised truth. He just loved them. But man, he told them how it was. He loved them, and you know what? They all gathered around, they listened to him preach, but man, I mean, he preached some hard word, man. And he said some stuff. 
See, we got to be confident in who we are that what we're saying is just the truth. It's not like I'm looking at you because, you know, you're some pervert or some druggie or you're whatever you 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 are in, in in your thinking i'm not looking at you and so i'm not preaching at you because of these things that you do i'm, I'm looking at you and i'm loving you the way you are and accepting you the way you are but i love you enough that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know condone what you're doing to the point where i just go along with an act like it's no big deal see but you got to learn how to do that and what that really looks like because with some people, you, you can make some adjustments right off. Other people, it may take you a year till you can do anything with them. You just have to love them. But the Holy Ghost knows. That's why we got to have the Holy Ghost working on the inside of us. See, we'll never, I'll never apologize for the fact that I pray in other tongues and I baptize in the Holy Ghost, even with people that don't understand it. It's okay. I, I mean, you, you don't have to, you don't have to, be baptized in the Holy Ghost and pray in other tongues. You don't have to do that to be born again and to grow in the things of God. It's going to limit you, but you don't have to do that. See? So we're not going to... Uh, our whole issue is not about trying to, to force people into something that they can't accept and believe, but the longer that they walk, they're going to want more. They're just going to want more. Man, you can't, you can't be satisfied. You're just going to want more. And we have the responsibility at every level to make sure that we are individually discipling the lives of individuals. Amen? That's what we're about here at Gates of the City. So, several words that, uh, that define a disciple, a follower, a convert, a student, a flunky. So, whatever word you can adapt to, <laughs> you know, flunky, student, convert, right? That's what we become. We become students. We become, we become involved in this passion and a desire to know God and then what we know of God that it comes out of us and it gets into other people you know I, I it's, it's been a long time because I let some of the passion die for evangelism I was, a, I was an evangelistic fool if you, could, if you can be that probably the wrong word to use but, but I was just overboard in evangelism in my life and I got into the ministry and some of the things and the responsibilities of the ministry took precedence. And so some of that kind of I laid to the side, not even consciously, but just found myself. And so a couple of years ago, I just said, you know what? This got to stop and we got to get involved. And I tell you, I'm just I, I, I get so excited about the lives of people. And I told you this the other day, how just somebody I'd been my life had been ministering to for over a year that I hooked this guy. This guy got, he got hooked. There's no other real way. We're, we're here to fish for men, right? And, and I hooked this guy. And, and in, in a year period of time, I never spent more than three minutes with this guy in one whole year. Never more than three minutes in his life. God never told me to. He said, just be the same all the time. Be steady. 
be consistent. One day. One plants, one waters. God does the connecting, right? He does. By His Spirit, people connect because they, you know, they're around you, they watch you, they figure you, try to figure you out, try to wonder what in the heck do you do, you know, six months in. So what do you do? Oh, I just deal with people, <laughs> you know. And then, then when the right time came, you know, I was able to say what I actually did. But, but once, once you've cleared a bunch of the junk and there's no religion and there's no stuff, you know, that is attached to you, then when you say what you do and you present Christ to somebody, they can accept it because you weren't weird with it. See, if you hammer people up front, man, you got to know Jesus. Well, what the heck does that mean? Know Jesus? Who? Jesus, you mean? I mean, some guy, whatever? I mean, who, 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 who? I mean, the people, that doesn't even make sense. And we've got to take responsibility to make sense to other people. Paul said, I become all things to all people that I'll win some. And we're in this thing to win every one of them, Right? You may not lead every one of them to God, but you plant a seed. Someone else will water it. Man, the increase will come somewhere else. Sometimes, sometimes you come in contact with someone that a hundred people have, have, have planted seed and they've watered in their life, and there you are just kind of minding your own business. Boom, you just lead them to God. You just pick the fruit. You know, man, I like those. Let everybody else do all that hard work. No. No, I like, I like the hard work too. Amen? So, John 8, 31, look at that. John 8 and 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You're my disciplined ones. And you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Or the truth you know is what will make you free. If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. So I'm telling you, in 2013, just keep Staying with God's word like you were last year and just add more to it. Just do what you're doing and keep doing it and do more. Because the more we abide in it and the more the word becomes a part of us, then we become disciplined to hear his voice and disciplined to do what he says. Those are the two ingredients for success in, in, on planet earth. Hear God and do what he says. Now, it seems really simple. And it is simple, but it's not easy. Because there's, because there's many other voices. There's tons of voices. Tons of things constantly telling you what to do. Constantly coming and bombarding you, you know. And, and, and from every direction. And, and, and many times from well-meaning people. 
but they don't have the will of God for your life. They don't, they don't have your best interest where the will of God is. They may have your best interest sometimes for what seems right for you, but there's a, the, the Bible says a way that seems right that's not right, and the end is destruction. It doesn't work for you because God has a plan for you, and we have to learn to tap the plan, and the Word gives us the ability to hear and to do. So he said what a real disciple is, and that's what you and I have to be today, a real disciple is one that abides in the word and then that word becomes truth and that truth is what liberates your life. See, if, 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 the, Bible says, if, if the Bible says something, let's take something that can be pretty controversial at times. In, in 1 Peter 2 and verse 24, the scripture says, that by his stripes we were healed. That's the way it's worded. By his stripes, what happened to him physically at Calvary, the stripes on his body, the beating and the mutilation of his physical body, was so that by those stripes we are healed. That's the way God set it up. But that can be very controversial. And so when something comes against you in some form or another, you know, it's not, it's not just that, that we say enough verses of Scripture that talk about healing that's going to change the condition of my body. It's me believing that Jesus did what He said He'll do. That's where my faith has to be. Did He do that? Yes. So every single person has a journey and, and in that journey of healing that, they're, that they are walking out in their life, there can be other things that are added to it. You know, I used to think that you, know, you didn't need doctors. When I first came into the kingdom because of my passion for the word, I used to think, well, you, know, you, you don't need a doctor. You don't need this. And, and, and I was very judgmental of people that did. Because I didn't take an aspirin, I didn't do anything. Anything that came against my body, I'd stand on the Word of God, and many times I saw things happen. But you know when things stopped happening for me like that? Is when I got judgmental about how it wasn't working that way for other people. Well, you know, they're just going to the doctor, and they're just this, you know. And then you know what? All of a sudden, I found myself with stuff in my body that wasn't leaving when I spoke the Word over it. See, it wasn't about, you know how I could become the man of faith and power for the hour that laid hands and did all this stuff and walked around and everybody thought he was a man of God because he told everybody every time he prayed, sickness left his body. Aren't you impressed? <clears throat> it's not about that. You know, by his stripes, we were healed, settled, 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 done. We're healed, okay? So what we learn to do from that, what we learn to do is to believe God. And if you can believe God to go to a doctor and have a successful surgery, go to the doctor and have a successful surgery and believe that their hands are anointed and things are going to work. You understand? But, but here's the thing, okay? What happens when the doctors say, there's nothing I can do for you. 
We've come to the end. This is it. Okay? What I want to be found doing, okay, if a report ever came to me like that, all along the way, I want to be, I want to have found myself believing God. Okay? I want to know that I went to God about going to the doctor. Then I went to God about having the surgery or the, this thing or that or whatever, what, whatever they gave me, the prescriptions or whatever that they gave me. I want to know that it's God that I'm, that I'm taking those things. So if I'm taking a prescription or I'm going and I had surgery in my body or I was doing something, I prayed before, I believe God, I've declared the word of God and I go in there with expectation. Who knows, they may not even do surgery on you. But if they do and it was successful, we give God all the glory, see? And, and then we go from the next thing to the next thing, but all along we're building our faith. So let's just say that, I, I, and, and I'm not saying this like, you know, uh, this could happen to you tomorrow. I'm just saying, if a person came to a place where the doctors said there was nothing they could do, what have you been doing to build your faith? Because if you haven't built your faith along the way, and, and, and the church didn't disciple you the right way in, in not putting you under a guilt trip because you went to a doctor and you didn't believe the word of God. If the church didn't disciple the right way, then when a report like that comes, there's not a level of faith to believe God and, and to see manifestation happen. Can you say amen? Because see, the final report is not what your doctor says. The final report is that by his stripes, ye were healed. And if you were healed 2,000 years ago, then you are healed today. See? And that's the truth of his word that we have to abide in, and that's how we become disciples of him. It's not us comparing how many victory reports we got versus the next person. Well, I got healed of that. Well, I didn't. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, then looking down on people because we didn't get the same results. We need to get in this thing with each other and believe God. I tell you, the more we believe God and stand with each other, somebody, somebody gave me a report this last week that was kind of a, a disturbing report about some other family member or whatever in their life. And, 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 and when the report came to us about another family member, there was just something inside of me that just said, no. Well, the person that sent the report had the same feeling. No. And it was about, you know, someone else's will and other people believing for certain things. And, and, and so much of the time, we don't want to spend all of our time trying to convince someone else what they need to believe because if they're not believing it when it's a dire situation, we need to join our faith where they're at. But there will be times when inside of you, the Spirit of God says, I want you to rise up and stand for that person. And that's when you've got to know. You understand? You've got to know what you're believing for in that situation. And when you do that, and others will join their faith with you, the Bible says, if any two agree is touching anything they ask, it's done. But see, it's not in hope. And it's not, well, we're going to try that. No, there has to be this constant developing of this. And if we abide in his word, then we're disciplined and disciples of Jesus, so we think like him. So when the next person comes across your path, and they don't even know God, and you're sitting there with them, and they say, you know what? I've got an incurable disease in my body. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost says, pray. Can I pray with you? Yeah. So you pray with that person? You speak over their body, they go back to the doctor, it's gone. 
uh, you think they might get saved? Yeah, but why? Because you heard God and did what God said, not, well, 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 I'm sorry, I made you jump. <laughs> well, you know, the Bible says, by stripes you're healed, now, and you can't be sick. No, no, come, come on, listen, listen, the only reason I'm using examples like that is because I've done it. People used to run for me. Oh, there comes that fanatical guy, get away, get away. <laughs> They'd run for me, I mean, put their track shoes on and take off. Here comes that fanatical guy. Ah! You know, eyes bugging out, look like the devil, you know. Ah, we got to pray. doesn't work you run people off we got to run people we got to draw people to us so that we can lead people to him and that's why we got to make disciples amen john 15 in verse 1 <clears throat> i'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. What did he just say in, in John 8? If you, if you abide in me, you abide in my word then you are my disciples so he says abide in me and i in you and the as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me i'm the vine you're the branches he who abides in me and i in him bears much fruit for without me you can do how much nothing if anyone does not abide in me he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. Verse 7. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done. It shall bear fruit. What did Steve Kelly say Wednesday night? Faithfulness is what? fruitfulness faithfulness is fruitfulness and to bear fruit and to see things manifest and things see things come to pass it's because we abide in him and his words abide in us and then what we ask for is in line with his will and not just our at times fleshly desires or not just things off the top of our head or not just something that seems right even in the example that i just gave about healing We've got to know it ourselves, and we've got to see it working in us, and we've got to believe for that for other people. So when you come into the presence of someone else, that, you know, don't come in there guns loaded and blazing and trying to tell them everything that they need and all this kind of stuff. Listen to people. Just be a friend. And be a friend not just to people that are unbelievers, but be a friend to believers 
and know what's going on in someone's life and, and, and agree with them and join your faith with them and stand with them and, don't, and, and don't, don't just let somebody say something be out of sight, out of mind. Stand with people to see that thing through and, and be led through. And that's what's so important about this day and this time and this hour that we're living in. Amen? Matthew 7. Let's look at that. And then I'll be done. Matthew, what did I say? Seven. Seven. That's right. That's it. Verse 24, Matthew 7 and 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, in other words, his word, and he does them, well, one who is abiding hears and does. Whoever hears these words of mine and he does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. <laughs> now, here's a wise guy, you know, not a wise guy, but, you know, a wise man. Here's a wise person operating in the wisdom of God who built his house on the word, and he's established. And what happened? Rains came, the floods came. This came, that came, bam, 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 beat on him. Uh, where did I, where am I at? Oh, and it says, and it, and it beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. The rock of what? The rock of revelation. That is what is part of the great commission that Jesus released the church to do. He's building his church. We're making disciples. Say it again. He's building his church. He said, I'll build my church so the gates of hell won't prevail. And our last, last words, he says, is go make disciples of all nations. Immerse them in the revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. On this rock of revelation, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house. Same way, same stuff. If it's going to be the same stuff, let's hear and do instead of hear and do nothing, right? Both, they, they both heard. They both heard the word, but one did something with it and the other one didn't, right? It says, and it beat on that house and it fell and great was the fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. Why? Because he taught them as one having authority. And you know what? And not like the scribes. And the difference is, the difference is the empowerment. The empowerment as a result of abiding and meditating and spending time with God to where we know what God's saying and then we're not afraid to do. I mean, sometimes you're afraid. Sometimes it's, it's very scary to step out in faith, okay? So, so it's there, it's present. But we step through it and, and what happens is things begin to dispense. The fear begins to leave because we're stepping out in faith and believing the Word of God. To be true, disciplined disciples of Jesus Christ, to make other disciples, we have to be people that abide in the Word, hear the Word of God, and do what the Word says.
Can you say amen? And go back one chapter, and I'm going to read this to you. I'm, I'm just going to leave this with you today, and then I'm going to pray over you. Um, can you, do you have the message, I don't think I told you this, do you have the message translation on this passage of scripture? If not, I'll just, if you don't, I'll just read it. Is it up there? Okay, there we go. I'll just read it from here. Um, Okay, so I'm going to leave this with you today. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as even an inch? (laughs) Go ahead, just go from verse to verse. All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out in the fields and look at the wildflowers. They neither primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of, of wildflowers, and most of which are never even seen, don't you think that he'll attend to you, take pride in you, and do his best for you? Next verse. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. Not so much about getting, but giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. It'd be good for you to write those three things down. Steep your life Abide in and and consume yourself with God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. And verse 34, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the times come. A simple guide for behavior. If you don't have a message Bible, I'd encourage you to get one. You can find little paperbacks different places. But I'd go over that and I'd read it. It's really important to get the gist of what that's saying. And you can read it in other translations also. Matthew 6, 23. 27 through 34 but just remember God knows the things that you have need of and he's already met every need and he wants to he wants you to trust him and realize that he has positioned you in a place for all grace and all favor to abound in your life and that you be self-sufficient Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Because it's those things that people fuss over 
that he was saying in the scripture. It's things, day-to-day needs and stuff that people fuss over that get us distracted from becoming who we're supposed to be so we can help others to become who they're supposed to be. And that's the great commission of God. So today, I release, just close your eyes for just a moment. I release, I release empowerment upon you today. I pray and declare blessing and empowerment on your life to accomplish the things that God and the tasks that God has put before you. And today I'm declaring that you're disciplined, that you're a disciple, that you're one that is taking the information of the great one. Taking the information of the great one and dispersing it abroad and letting other people know how great God is. And today we are people that are becoming friends to unbelievers people that don't believe that we're being friendly even to the unfriendly and in the same in the same instance in the same moment remaining Christ-like continuing to abide in the word and allowing the word to abide in us so that everything that we ask comes to pass that's the people that we are today and man we give God all the glory and all the praise